But what about the other 80% of your customer base who just does not want a subscription or they have too many or they've been burnt by a subscription? Mm-hmm. They are, you're, you need a strategy to be able to, like, to optimize those customers and their experience. Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. The e-commerce podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce wow. And to help us do just that, today we are going to be chatting with Ben Fisher from Rodeo about subscriptions, uh, subscriptions, it's a hard word to say apparently, (laughs) subscriptions that stand out, the nuances that separate great experiences from mediocre ones. That's an awesome title. Can I just say congratulations to the podcast title team, uh, because that was awesome. Uh, But before Ben and I dive into our discussion, let me share uh, some podcast picks of previous episodes that I think you'll enjoy. Check out everything you need to know to take over with subscription e-commerce with Evan Padgett. Evan is such a cool dude. Uh, Do check that one out. And also how to increase your customer retention, the ultimate guide by Brandon, uh, who was also another legend. So check both of those out. You can check out both my podcast picks uh, and our entire podcast archive for that uh, for free on our website, which is ecommercepodcast.net. Plus, if you're there, sign up for the newsletter and we'll send you the links to the podcast picks along with the notes and the links from today's show with Ben. They all get delivered straight to your inbox at no cost to you automatically every time we do an episode, which is pretty amazing. So do crack on and do that. Now, are you struggling to grow your e-commerce business? Do you feel like you're constantly spinning your wheels trying to figure out what to focus on next. Well, you know what? I have been there and I know how frustrating it can be. That's why we're excited that e-commerce cohort sponsors the show. E-commerce cohort helps e-commerce businesses like yours to deliver exceptional customer experiences that drive results and to help you get started. Oh yes, we're excited to announce a brand new free resource for you called E-Commerce Cycles. It's a mini course which walks you through our proven framework for building a successful e-commerce business. I am the one uh, that takes you through the specific steps that I use in my own e-commerce companies so you can see exactly how to put these concepts into practice in your own business. And the good news is, of course, it's like the podcast is completely free. Uh, Yes, it is. And you can access that for free right now at ecommercecycles.com. That's right. Head over to ecommercecycles.com, access this free training, get started today and uh, start delivering e-commerce wow to your customers with the help of the amazing e-commerce cohort. Now let's talk about Ben. Ben started his entrepreneurial as a kid in Maine and later worked at a tech startup during the first dot-com boom. He co-founded Carthook, which is a checkout optimization platform for D2C e-commerce brands that has processed over one billion dollars. That's right, a billion dollars on behalf of merchants. And if you're not sure, that's a lot of money. (laughs) He now runs Rodeo, a platform that offers personalization features to maximize customer retention and lifetime value for eight-figure D2C brands that utilize subscription-based models. So we're excited to have Ben on the show. Ben, welcome, man. Great to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, oh, awesome. it's funny hearing your buyer. You're, you're like, that's, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Thank funny, you. isn't it? Yeah, no, no, it's great. I, 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 I always enjoy reading that people's buyers. It's great, great fun. So whereabouts in the world are you, Ben? I live in New York City, but I'm actually at Shop Talk, uh, the e-commerce conference. So I'm in Vegas right now. Um, okay. Typically, I'm in New York. Okay. Hence the hat is the reason why I must go. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I uh, just like so, the logo. It's actually... Uh, blasphemous. <laughs> it is a pretty cool logo, the NY logo. For those of you listening to the show, which I know is 99.9% of people, uh, Ben is wearing a New York cap. Is it a New York, is this a specific New York Yankees. baseball team? Is That's right, the New York Yankees. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, are you a Yankees fan? I, I just like the logo, which is why it's blasphemous, right? I live okay. in New York City. I live there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not a huge sports person. Uh, I'm okay. more of a skateboarder and snowboarder. So. Okay, Matt, we should do another podcast on why skateboarding and snowboarding are not sports, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, they are sports, but not, uh, not team sports. Yeah. yeah, no, fair play. Fair play. That sounds much more interesting, though. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I do like baseball, but snowboarding is much more interesting. Skateboarding, not so much. That's the sure route for me to break a leg, break an ankle, and my elbow all at the same time in quite a spectacular fashion, I would have thought. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Ben, listen. Your bio is pretty clear, right? You, you're fairly successful um, as an entrepreneur. You've got a good background in tech. You've got a good background in startups. You co-founded Cartook. Um, and so you understand the importance, right, of this whole customer experience thing. So let's get straight into it. Let's uh, jump in. Maybe have you got any examples of how this word nuance, which I love, uh, plays a role in creating a successful customer experience? Yeah, for sure. And I'll say like, uh, for, for context too, my background is actually in design. So Ooh. before, like I was a designer and programmer, right? I still am, but, um, I'd say a lot of the products and ways I've approached businesses have been from a design perspective and thinking around like the user experience and the consumer experience. And so, um, and the reason that's relevant is that that ties into a lot around our philosophy at rodeo and how we've gone about approaching some of the problems e-commerce brands and and actually frankly their customers have um around we'll say like around the experience of buying stuff of replenishing stuff um you know you can throw ai and machine learning at stuff or you can think about it from more of a design perspective and obviously it's not either or but i would Mm -hmm. say that oftentimes we can overly complicate stuff by trying to program a solution as opposed to think through what's a great experience um, I think that's such a so, good point. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I want to belay, label this a little bit because um, there is so much talk about AI at the moment, which is great, and I'm playing on it like everybody else. Yeah. And last year, everybody was talking about data and big data and mining data and yeah. all that sort of stuff, which is also wonderful and useful. But fundamentally, I'm, I'm an old-fashioned guy, and I, 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 th- I feel like the, the common-sense approach to design was drowned out a little bit because of the data talk and the AI talk. And actually, mm-hmm. finding a good design solution to a problem, you know, like an architect and architecture, uh, site architecture and all that sort of stuff, I, I still think is is a wonderful art, actually, and uh, and almost a dying art, it feels. Yeah, no, I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, like Going back to, like, let's say, like, one of the core problems uh, for e-commerce brands, and I'll focus on cpg so like food and beverage health mm-hmm. and wellness uh basically they're, they're shelf stable products that are not like a medication where you take the same unit every single day so you can predict oh it's just 30 pills so it's for 30 days mm-hmm. like most products that you buy um again within cpg it's you know the amount of coffee you consume or the amount of a food or beverage you consume will vary based off of your life it'll vary yeah. based off of if you're home if you're like if you have friends over if you're like, a, there's a bunch of variables, right? And so every single month, your consumption pace will vary. And mm. the amount that it varies will depend. But by and large, it's like, you know, if you go to any, if you go to subscribe to any product online, it's, you know, the, the typical plans are every 30 days, 60 days, or every month, every two months. And it's like, how much thoughts actually put into that, A? And B, even if it is, we'll call it the like optimal amount, how often do people how often do do every one of your customers actually consume at that pace? Yeah. Um, and it's a bit of a leading question because the, the answer is the number one reason people cancel subscriptions is they get too much product or they uh, run out. Yeah. So what's funny about it is, um, you know, subscriptions are a great model for some customers and for some consumers, but because of that mismatch around like the pace of consumption and like, like basically the, the replenishment periods, it actively actively le- uh, results in people who like your product to cancel and not buy again, um, be- simply because there's a mismatch between those periods. Like, yeah. I'll give you an example. I uh, I received a family size of uh, paper towels from uh, Amazon. I used Amazon subscribe and save last month, and I got the paper towels, and I realized I still have a bunch of paper towels. And not not only that, I don't have shelf space. So I kid you not, I now have a freezer full of paper towels. (laughs) I recorded it for my friends because I was like, 
I was like, this is the exact <laughs> problem. And it's yeah. hilarious that it happened to me. But like, if you think of your own life, like how often have you had that happen where it's like, mm -hmm. crap, I forgot I had this on subscription or man, I, I didn't need this or if you run out. So, you know, as a brand, um, and once you've acquired a customer who likes your product, like one of the most important things is how can you continue to serve them and yeah. get them to buy more. And I think that, um, because subscriptions in aggregate are a really powerful way to, we'll call it maximize lifetime value. Mm -hmm. It's really easy for brands to be like, we just need to push more and more customers into our subscription program because yeah. on like on average, that's how you make more money. Um, the problem with that though is, as I said, is, um, that problem gets worse with scale where as you have more and more customers, every one of your customers, you know, is different. Mm. And so what we found like really smart brands have done and really effectively is pairing the right consumption strategy or sales strategy with, we'll call it the profile of that customer. For some people it is this, I'll get a subscription and have it renewed every month or every, every six weeks. And that's good. And I don't really care if I get too much because you know, I'm happy having like a little bit too much mm -hmm. other people. Um, like if you, you know, maybe their consumption method is actually like they'll spend more money by buying in bulk, right? Like they have a garage or they have like ample storage. They don't mm. live in New York city. <laughs> and for other people, you know, maybe it's somewhere in between like, so the way I solved this for myself before rodeo was I had a calendar reminder for all the things that I would buy on a frequent basis. And so every 30 days I'd get a calendar reminder asking, basically prompting me to like, do you, do I need more of like this coffee? And I had a link to the product page. And so we, the very first version of this, we, we recreated that for brands where for, for the segment of customers who don't want to have a subscription or are like on the way out, they can do what's effectively like a, a smart reminder. We call it on demand where your card is on file. So, you know, the consumer, all they'll, but what they'll do is they'll get this prompt every X number of days, like we'll call it every 30 days saying, are you running low? Do you need more? Mm -hmm. And they can reply yes. And like make some tweaks and add additional products to it. Or they can, they can delay it and say, remind me in like a few days, like if they're not ready to buy more. And what that does though, is it keeps the person, it's, it gives the consumer more control and it, it basically through design eliminates that concern of ever getting too much or, or running out, right? Simply by yeah. asking the person, how are you doing? Like, are we on track for you to need more? And so, you know, you can have use AI all day long, but ultimately the, the only accurate way to do something like this is to ask the person, do you need more yeah. in a way that's yeah. not annoying and not intrusive. That's really clever. I like that. in the sense that, um, I like you, I have Amazon subscriptions. I have a T, yeah. uh, which I subscribe from Amazon for. And I feel like I have to drink two cups of that tea every day just to keep up with the subscription. And if I fall behind, right. I'm going to, and then I'm just like, oh, there's a faff of going on and canceling the subscription and all that sort of stuff. So, I've, and I guess I've never really thought about it. I've never gone to the extreme that you went to, Ben, in terms of setting appointments <laughs> in my diary to ask me, do I need tea? I don't know if I do. Yes, I do. Let's, here's the link. Um, I, I, I like the fact your brain works like that, uh, which led you to develop some software, which I think is quite clever. Um, well, I, one thing I'll just add there, though, is, like for me, it's like set it and forget it. I don't want to think about it. And, mm. and no, no consumer, no customer, you don't want to be thinking about your tea. Like it's you have, you're dealing with your life, right? Like, and so mm. I think for everyone is figuring out like, what's the way that it's just convenient. Yeah. And that will be different for different people. Yeah. And I, and, and that's true. And I, that's a good word, isn't it? It's convenience. Uh, what's the most convenient method for me as a consumer to get this product on a regular basis. Um, and I, I guess if I can tap into the answer to that question, I'm therefore maximizing the lifetime value of that client um, rather than assuming every client needs to be subscription or every client needs to be a bulk buyer or every client, blah, blah, blah. Yep. That's really interesting. So you, you match convenience to the consumer. And I'm assuming, uh, Ben, uh, and correct me uh, if I've got my assumptions wrong, which I often do, I'm not going to lie. Um, you're, you're understanding client convenience by asking them, I guess, some well-pointed questions at the point of checkout. So, I mean, that, that's actually, that's not what we do, but that is actually something I have seen like good brands do, which is they'll, they'll offer like a quiz of sorts to try mm -hmm. to estimate 
what your replenishment period is. Like, do you have a cup of coffee per day? Do you have two? Mm-hmm. Um, what we do is once someone's purchased, um, we check in with them, right? So typically it's, typically it does match this adjusted like, uh, like interval. So let's say, let's say your typical subscription is 30 days. So yeah. on one hand, you could have someone automatically get charged every 30 days. And that's what we would call a, a standard normal subscription. Like that's what everyone's accustomed to. Um, what we do instead is leading up to that 30 days, let's say it's day 27, they'll get an email or a text that says, are you ready for more? Like, do you need more? Do you need to be placed in like, uh, you're ready for more now. And they can either um, accept that and, and have the order fulfilled, or they can snooze it and say, remind me in a week, or remind me in like a few days, right? And so again, the, the goal there being that, um, yeah, the person doesn't have to actively think, do I need more? It's more mm-hmm. that I'm asking you. And then they can, they can, if it's too early, they can snooze it. Um, yeah. That's co- so you don't give them the option to cancel the, you're, you're focused on, yes, I, well, the default is I'm gonna send this out if I don't hear from you. But if you'd like to, you can snooze this um, for, uh, I, and I guess they choose like three days, seven days or, or whatever it's gonna be. Is that right? right? But you're not really saying- so we won't. We don't automatically uh, fulfill it, right? Because it's mm. an opt-in. So right. the, with that mechanism on demand, the customer, if they don't do anything, they won't get the product, right? Okay. Because again, part of this is providing them control. So mm-hmm. you can think of it as there's a normal subscription where if they did nothing, they still get a notification that their subscription is about to renew. Mm-hmm. And if you do nothing, your subscription renews. That's how I ended up with way too many paper towels, right? Like that yeah. is a normal subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we do do that. But that, but on demand, which is that in between buying all the cart and buying on a subscription, is where you explicitly need to say, yes, I'm ready for okay. you to be charged and ordered. And a part of that too is a lot more customers. Like, you know, the percentage of your customer base that will subscribe, let's just, is relatively small. Let's say it's 20%. And, you know, by and large, those are really valuable customers mm-hmm. once you subscribe. But as we've talked about, there's a lot of reason good customers cancel subscriptions. But what about the other 80% of your customer base who just does not want a subscription or they have too many or they've been burnt by a subscription? Mm-hmm. They are, you're, you need a strategy to be able to, like, to optimize those customers and their experience. Um, and so on demand is one way of doing it beyond just sending them more marketing messages, right? Because if someone's buying from you, you know, the only other way that people buy is either in reaction to like an, a marketing email they get from you or mm. like you, if you remember, you need more tea. Yeah. So this is still a sort of Pavlon, Pavlonian, Pavlonian. Uh, um, it's a great word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, Pavlonian response. I was like Pavlonian interaction where it's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to check in with you. You don't need to worry about thinking about this. And, you know, you just think about it when I ask you. And then, you know, you're in full control. So people, more people are going to sign up opt into that yeah then um then not that's a really interesting idea so you, you, if i'm going to your website then i'm faced with different options mm-hmm. and 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 walk me through this bank i'm sorry to get in the nitty-gritty yeah. but i'm, I'm kind of um, i just want to get my head around how it all works so i've gone to your website i've got the standard subscription uh, option which says i want you to send me this coffee every 60 days mm-hmm. or whatever it is um and that's one path I can go down. Another path I can go down is I just want to buy a bag of coffee, send me the coffee, leave me alone. And if I want more, I'll come mm-hmm. back. And then the third option is um, is this sort of on-demand feature that you talk about where it's like, listen, uh, tell us a time frame, uh, and we'll remind you within that time frame. And you can let us know if you want. We'll remember your card. makes it easy to order. Um, and it's as simple as a saying, yes, I do. And if you do, great. And if you don't, don't worry, we don't charge you. Um, it, mm-hmm. Is that, have I understood that right? Or, or are you merging those together somehow in a creative way? No, I mean, I think, I mean, at the basic level, you described it, right? I think so the way that most brands that we've worked with who introduced this, they've done it through actually, um, call it like the, the, the exit flows. So they introduce on demand when someone's already expressing that they're like, they want to pause or cancel their subscription, mm-hmm. right? So what you're doing is it's effectively a way to retain that customer who 
for the re- for the for the very for this for the reason that they had spent too much um, or they received too much rather. Um, that's when when some brands will present on demand. Um, you can also present in in marketing, right? So a lot of what we even do with Rodeo is help you segment your customers because you know what you want to be looking at is who are your repeat buyers who buy because um, there's a lot of people who will buy like almost like clockwork, but they'll buy manually every month or, or mm-hmm. whatever that cadence is. And so those are the type of people too, where it's like you're effectively helping them do what they were already doing and you're making it more convenient. And what's great is you're, you're eliminating 95% of the checkout friction because their cards held on file as opposed to them having to go through the checkout every time. Um, and you're still mm-hmm. able to do like upsells and cross sells. And so, um, the the way that you the way that a brand will introduce or push on demand like i wouldn't personally i think the you know the you don't want to give someone too many options too quickly right yeah. on demand is really a way that it, let's say someone's buying at a one time interval like they're buying a la carte on demand would be a great upsell so to speak where it's basically mm-hmm. just like it's a convenience an answer yeah, right yeah. where it's like hey we'll, we'll we'll remind you or if someone has a subscription and let's say they, they they're doing two different behaviors one behavior might be that they're they're consistently skipping so most brands actually don't even know how often people skip yeah. um it's brand, fun, if you ask it? a brand yeah well and a lot and what's funny is though when i talk to a lot of brands i ask them you know so you, you say you have a hundred thousand subscribers how many of those people actually buy every month um, as opposed to they skip or they reschedule and most brands can't tell you that. I mean, they might know their cohort analysis, like the retention, mm-hmm. but what they don't know in both the aggregate level as well as at the individual level, it's like, who are the people who are consistently skipping and how can we serve them better? Right. Cause if they're consistently skipping there, le- there's something about that experience that is putting them, I mean, it just looks like they are on their way out. And so if you can act proactively, um, I would say proactively approach those customers who are behaving as though they're likely to cancel, this is a great way to get them into a program that is better suited for like for their consumption style. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing too, is that if someone's canceling their subscription, the, you know, the exit survey is one of them. One of them is like, what's the reason? Right. Yeah. And I received too much product, too much, like, uh, you know, too expensive. Those are all the different reasons you can offer solutions based off of what that reason is. So if it's too expensive, we do have the ability for you to offer that segment of customer, like a discount. Yeah. Um, but for the, but again, for the context is on context of on demand, if they picked, um, that they have too much product, that's where you can, instead of canceling what you can suggest is, Hey, you should switch into on demand and, these, you know, the, here are the benefits. Yeah, I like that. That's really cool. So you mentioned, because one of the, I mean, you sort of preempted my question, uh, but I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, but it, it, I, I'm kind of thinking one of the things that um, that I was pondering was with the, with the on-demand system, is there space for the cross-sells and the upsells? Because that's one of the downsides, yep. I think, with subscription is actually it's pretty, it's pretty fixed what they're buying and it's on autopilot until they change it. Um, so I'm always getting the same type of tea and I'm never on the site going, mm-hmm. oh, I quite fancy a change or I might want to try that flavor or whatever, right. because this is the whole thing's on automatic. Sure, they get my money, but um, I'm going to get bored with that flavor at some point. Right. So um, how 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 do you make cross sales and upsells? And because this is now starting, this appeals in a, to those maybe who are thinking, how do I do that with subscription? The on-demand mm-hmm. thing, I think, gives you this opportunity by the sounds of it. So how does that how does that work? Yeah, so you could think of it as basically it's pre-building your cart, right? So it has a cart on file. So the, the, whatever you buy, the customer doesn't have to re-enter their payment information. It already you know looks at your default shipping address. Um, so effectively, when you get this communication around, hey, are you ready for more? Uh, and you click a link, it brings you to a pre-built cart um, within within uh, a portal mm-hmm. um, that shows the product that you most re- basically the product or products that you most recently had been purchasing. But there's also suggested products, so that's where your upsells and cross sells are. Right. And uh, and yes, you can swap out. You can you can modify your cart before you can click the button to confirm. Right. And so 
that also is where you can change the shipping address if for some reason you need to. I know we're getting into the details there, but um, um, we do do a similar thing though with normal subscriptions where um, if, if a person has a normal or if a consumer is subscribed to <laughs> has a normal subscription three days uh, ahead of the subscription renewing, it does say, Hey, we're, you know, your subscription is about to renew. Here's some product. You still have time to add these products to your upcoming order. Yeah. yeah. So you do still have the ability to do like upsells and cross sells. Um, but yeah, I mean, your exact use case is a great one, which is, well, maybe I want something slightly different because I'm bored of the same tea. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting that you can do that. I like that. This, I'm just, I'm furiously writing notes. Ben is what I'm doing, you know, to, um, to, to get my head around how all of this works. I find it fascinating. So, the on-demand email then um, that you're sending out to the customer, you're notifying the customer that uh, at a predetermined time frame. Um, listen, mm-hmm. uh, would you like these products? And they click either yes or snooze. Um, mm-hmm. They click yes. They go to the cart page, which has got the products pre-filled. Um, they've yeah. got their shipping address pre-filled. You've got their credit card details on file. There's a few upsells and cross-sells. So it's sort of the the one-click cart thing, is it? or the click-through cart thing, where you yeah. can click that, your cart's pre-built. I mean, it makes shopping super, super easy. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just hit this button and we've gone, right? Yeah. Um, how does then the snooze function work? So let's say mm-hmm. I want to, I, I, I look at that and I go, no, snooze. So do you remind me in like seven days to, to do you send me the same email in seven days and I get exactly the same mm-hmm. options, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, so we pre-fill it with some, basically some suggested dates, like snooze at three days, snooze at one day, snooze at a week. Mm-hmm. Or there's an like a link to go other where you can actually go in and you can, select the date that you want to be reminded, right? So as with most things, it's like we have like the sort of suggested snooze periods, which by and large, 80% of the time, people will just pick one of those. Yeah. Um, or you, if you want to go in and explicitly pick what the date is, you can do that too. So what's the, mo- I'm, I'm just generally uh, yeah. in, my, in my data questions here, <laughs> so apologies, uh-huh. but what's the, what's the typical t- snooze time frame how long do people typically snooze for um i mean it it varies partially based off the product right Mm -hmm. um i would say the the typical that i that i've seen is around three to five days Mm -hmm. um which when you think of when i think of my own life like how when i paper towels was an exception i probably already had like three months worth of paper towels (laughs) left um yeah i mean 2026 yeah Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, it's typically around probably somewhere around a week. Cause again, if you think about like how a person's consumption will vary, it's probably going to vary about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that it depends, but yeah. 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 Um, yeah about that sort of time. That's interesting. And how many people, so you send out a thousand emails, how many people mm-hmm. would you expect to click the yes button versus the snooze button? It's a good question. Um, I don't actually have those numbers off the top of my head. Um, typically, what we're looking at is what's the you know the, the fulfillment rate. Um, I'd say that. Yeah, I'd have to get back to you on that. Well, okay. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, let me know. We'll put it. yeah. It's a good reason for people to go and get the show notes to find out the answer to that question. Because yeah. I'm just kind of curious, you know, it's like if I'm sending out a thousand emails, how many people, how many of those thousand people will click the, yes, I want the order button, yes, uh, no, snooze it. And then how many people just forget to respond or reply and then don't get the order? So I suppose that's a right. good follow-up question. What do you do with the people that don't make, don't choose either option in your, in your on-demand system there? Right. Well, again, the, the intent there is not to be a, a pain, right? It's intended to be a convenience. And mm-hmm. so, you know, part of the appeal of something like on demand is that, um, that it's not going to automatically charge you and it's not going to be, um, yeah, it gives the consumer more control. So if they, if they ignore the email, what you can do is you can, you can create your own additional follow-ups. So if you want to, like, if they haven't done any, any action, mm-hmm. um, 
you as the merchant have control of being able to like, all right, well, maybe two days later, um, sending an additional one being, hey, just want to make sure that you absolutely don't need the, don't need a refill this month mm-hmm. or, or, yeah, month. Um, yeah, but the – so it would behave, it behaves just like a, like a drip campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, the intent there is not to just inundate someone with uh, check-ins because ultimately that is – you want it's about convenience. Um, yeah. But you do want to make sure that – sometimes some people miss emails. And so it's not a it's, it's not just that you should just send them to it once um, and assume that they don't want it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like they might just not they might be busy. Yeah, um, no, that's fair play. You can also that's do it through play. SMS too. Mm. Do you do? Uh, yeah, I I, I I get what you're saying because I found I mean having done this a, a fair few years now um, that sometimes you have to our, our magic number seems to be around three. So sometimes people miss the first email, sometimes people miss the second email. By the time the third email comes along, we're like, this is the last email that we're going to send you in relation to this. It's mm-hmm. sort of, um, and so three seems to work quite well. Any more than that, I feel like I'm bugging somebody. Um, mm-hmm. And you find that actually whatever percent open the first one, out of the people that didn't open the first one, there's a percentage that'll open the second one, there's a percentage that'll open the third one, and then the, the ones that didn't open one through three, I probably shouldn't be emailing them anyway, to be honest with you, because something's not working somewhere and it's not helping me out. So yeah. um, that's really interesting. So, and you call this on-demand, is that your phrase, is that the term, is that an yeah. industry standard term or is that a is that a rodeo term? Uh, it's a rodeo term. It's hard and to if, know. Yeah, right. No, let's quit. Let's trademark it. <laughs> so, have you got any? Um, I don't know if you know if you know the answer to this question, but I'm kind of curious. Are there any companies that you think are doing that particularly well, where us being all nosy parkers can just go on their website and have a look at how they're doing it? Yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, one brand that's just been really thoughtful because I think we didn't talk about this, but I'd say like one of the most important things around subscriptions is providing value outside of just a product, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when I think about subscriptions, I think less about like subscription is a, is a revenue model, um, business model. Um, but, you know, ultimately the job to be done is a customer wants their product when they want it, not mm-hmm. too much, too little. They don't actually care about a subscription. What they care about is not running out and having yeah. enough yeah. Um, or not getting too much rather. And so, what I've seen brands do a really good job of, and, and Jock Coffee is one example, is layering in like membership um, into a subscription. So with Jot, um, what they do is they there are products. They basically do like they collaborate with artisanal coffees, and they do small batch, uh, small batch coffees, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you can only buy them over the course of let's say like a month, and then mm-hmm. they'll they'll, they'll switch it up with a different partnership but the only way to buy that type of coffee is by being a subscriber right, right? so effectively they are um yeah they're they are creating explicit perks for having a subscription in the first place and so jot is like a great example i'd say who's done subscriptions really well um we worked with them a lot around like just their strategy around um how do you try to address the concerns or mismatch between, um, say, like a, what a customer, like what's a great experience for a customer. And mm-hmm. then if someone's kind of deviating off or getting too much product, what are different ways that you can go about um, trying to solve their problem? Mm. But I think in general, the brands who I've seen, I'd say like the thoughtfulness of how they've approached their subscription program is really from a, from a membership perspective. Um, and so that's, yeah, Jot is one great example. Um, trying to think of a few more off the top of my head. Um, Mudwater is another one. Okay. Um, where Mudwater is very much like a lifestyle. I don't know if you're familiar. It's like a coffee alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with the founder, so I, I obviously I'm biased, but um, they were, I, like, but I paid really close attention to how they um, approached uh, we'll call it like their community as a brand. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think one thing that they did, they've done really well is they created a brand with a capital B, right? They're not just, you know, there's a lot of coffee substitutes now, but there's only one mud water. 
Yeah. And what Mudwater's done a great job of is like creating content and like recipes around how to create like, you know, like a mud water. I think they have like lattes and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So again, like what they've done is like something cool where it's like, it doesn't have to be a crazy um, additional value, but it's something that connects back to how do you enhance the experience of consuming that product? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'll check out, uh, is it Jot Coffee, J-O-T? Yeah, Jot.co. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jot yeah, Coffee. J-O-T. And mud water. We'll have a look at those. Now, I'm curious, Ben. You you mentioned uh, this. The perk of subscriptions was the mm-hmm. exact phrase you used. I don't know if you intentionally mm-hmm. used that phrase, but otherwise, otherwise, a very good phrase. So, what I are the not, perks but... of subscription? <laughs> you should definitely use that more yeah. often. What are the perks of subscription? So, let's say I offer. Um, I, let's go back to my tea example. You know, I do tea yep. subscriptions. And you subscribe, and every month I send you tea bags, and um, depending on you, I might do the on-demand, I might do the the subscription models. How do I, how do I think outside the box? Then, so this perks of subscriptions, and I love the word use thoughtfulness. What are some of the other things that I should think about as opposed to just getting subscribers? What else can I do? So I like what Jock Coffee have done with, uh, with with the sort of the artisanal coffees with the you know the, the sort of mm-hmm. the, the small amounts, but that's not me. I don't I don't have access to that. Mm-hmm. I'm just a regular tea guy with regular teas that's going out, and mm-hmm. I don't get. So what are what are some of the ways that maybe I should think about that and approach that that's going to add value, that's going to create the in effect what my perks of subscription are. Yeah. So I mean, you can go super basic. Like I think Costco. And even Amazon are sort of examples of, of membership. Mm-hmm. And so you can even look at what have they done? So Amazon, two-day free shipping, right? Shipping is actually is one of the biggest reasons. Prices around shipping are one of the biggest reasons people abandon shopping carts. Yeah. Um, right? Um, Members-only discounts is another one, which is, again, like the Costco model where um, you know, typically you're buying in bulk, but you can have, like, members-only pricing. Um now, those are the two obvious ones. And then obviously Amazon itself has paired Amazon Prime uh, video with yeah. the Amazon Prime program. And what's, what's, what's interesting about that too is that Amazon actually has two separate subscriptions, right? They have Amazon Prime, which is you get all this stuff and two-day free shipping, et cetera. But then you also can have subscriptions to individual products. So they've, mm. they, have, they have separated the two where they both have a subscription program or a membership mm. program rather, and then individual subscriptions. Um, Amazon itself doesn't offer any benefits to their subscription program um, beyond just sending you the product. Um, yeah, and I think you get a small disc. The, I get like a five percent discount right. or something. Five percent or something like that. Mm. Yeah, and I will say that's one of the dangers that I, I've seen brands do is discounting subscriptions too much to make them mm-hmm. too attractive. So going back to like you know, by and large, brands are super. Um, bullish on pushing people into a subscription program. The problem is that you can make your subscription look so attractive that you're attracting a lot of people who have no intention of renewing. Yeah. Right. Because if you're offering 30% off for a subscription, someone's just going to subscribe and then cancel. Yeah. Right. And so that's part of why, you know, typically what I've seen work is, you know, maybe a subscription, a discount around like 15%. But once you started getting into the 25, 30%, you're really just making that very attractive um, and it, or rather attracting the wrong people like you, in your subscription program for it to be healthy. You want to be attracting the people for whom a subscription is like a good model. It's a good yeah. match because otherwise yeah. you're going to churn. Like you can't trick someone to stay in a subscription. And I think especially some of the earlier brands, um, you know, part of the hope is, well, maybe someone will forget they have a subscription and that might work sometimes, but as you scale your business and as you're trying to presumably build like, like a great brand name and a great relationship relationship through your, your customers, you can't like you can't even that is not that is a losing battle. Yeah. Right. Instead, you should be focusing on how can I provide, deliver the absolute best experience for each one of my my customers, my brands, as opposed to I just hope that people will forget they have a subscription. Um, but I, I hear that every once in a while, like yeah. brands who are like, they don't want to email their subscribers because they don't want to remind them that they have a subscription. <laughs> and so I keep going back to the, you're better wow. off proactively. You might, you will probably, you will lose more people by reminding them they have a subscription. 
but you're keeping the people and you're able to upsell the people who actually like and embrace the subscription. And ultimately you have a healthier, you're providing a healthier experience and a better experience. And if yeah. someone forgets they have a subscription and then gets charged and gets the product, they're having a bad experience. And the first yeah. thing they'll do kind of like when I got that, when I got the paper towels, the first thing I did is I canceled the subscription. Yeah. 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 I'm out. Well, I did. I, I mean, the weekend over the weekend, I got a charge on my American Express card from I think it was like a thousand dollars, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, so you're going to notice, you know, when someone charges your card a thousand bucks and it was section four, which is like a membership site. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm a member. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to be fair, yeah. I, I signed up on an offer um, and I enjoyed it for a few months and then subsequently completely forgot about it. Um, yeah. And, you know, <sighs> They probably could have been more helpful with their onboarding process, but this is, you know, it, it swings and roundabouts really. And I forgot about it until I saw this charge for like a thousand bucks on my Amex card. So today I just emailed them and said, listen, I'm really sorry. I don't use it. Can you please refund this and cancel my membership? So I, I genuinely, I've not checked my junk, my spam, Ben, I have to lie, uh, mm -hmm. be honest, but I, I don't, I don't, remember getting an email from them saying your membership is about mm -hmm. to you know expire do you want to renew because had they yeah. have had they have preempted it and said listen mm -hmm. in a in two weeks time your membership's coming up um you're going to charge you a thousand bucks which is very different to what they charged me a, a year ago right um uh, any questions let us you know let us know i'd have, I'd have got in touch with them and go oh cancel it which is in effect the same thing that i've, I've done now because i don't use it what that would have done, mm -hmm. what that could have done was trigger somebody in customer service to go, why do you want to cancel? Um, yes. How can we help you? Maybe we can steer you down this path so you're still connected with us in some way. Maybe it's less money than we thought we were going to get. But had they have been proactive, yep. like you said, um, and thought that whole process through, they probably would still have me as a customer versus me now. I'm just, I'm out. You've charged me a grand. You didn't tell me you were going to do it. I don't use the right. system. I'm just, I'm out, out, out. I've checked out. Um, and I, so I totally get what you're saying because this weekend I, I experienced it from them, which surprised me actually because I really like section four and what they do, but I, I just wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Right. And I think that like that moment that you just described is what, like, even if the brand you know, yes, you can request a refund and I'm sure they'll give it to you, but you still kind of, even at some sort of level, like psychologically, you, you have a bit of a, probably a bad taste in your mm. mouth of, well, shit, I don't know if I want to, if I will even like subscribe again, something like that, because what if I, well, what if it happens again and I don't catch it? Yeah. Right. And so I think that what, what you said, like that would have been the perfect way for them to approach it. And then they could have either like, you know, downsold you into like, we'll call it like a light version. They don't, I don't think they mm. have a light version, but like, or like month to month or something to keep yeah. you as a customer yeah. or even like what they also could have done is, um, and this should do this regardless, but like basically know that you weren't using the videos or weren't mm. actually participating in the courses and they should have been like, here are ways now, like in the upcoming year, you can make more of your subscription yeah. or your membership to a section. Right. So even just personalizing that message based off of, they have all that data. Mm -hmm. They know that you probably have not logged in in nine months, but mm -hmm. they're not using that for anything. Yeah. And so using that to just personalize it to the person mm -hmm. would also go really far. Yeah, it would. It would. I mean, there's a whole lot of lessons you can learn from something like that, I feel. Yeah. Um, but no, that's awesome. Yeah. Ben, listen, I feel like I, I say this quite a lot to, to our guests, but I feel like I'm just getting started and I'm aware of the time. Um, um, it's, uh, it's amazing how quickly it sorted. So there's like Sadaf who produces a show. She's, she's awesome. Uh, you would have spoken to Sadaf and she writes down all these yep. questions for you or for me. And she's like, Oh, ask him this, ask him this would be a great question. And I, I, I get to the first one and then that's it. I, sorry, sorry, Sadaf, I'm really sorry. Uh, your, your work is super valuable. It really is. But, uh, there's great conversations. So. But listen, as you know, this show is sponsored by the e-commerce cohort, which helps uh, businesses deliver e-commerce well to their customers through coaching, through training. A bit like Section 4, really. Uh, hopefully we can learn something from their membership program. Uh, but imagine you're speaking to a room full of cohort members who are eager to learn uh, from your expertise. And you go on, you've done your keynote speech on subscriptions and on-demand models, and there you get the stand innovation. Wow, yeah, go, Ben. Uh, that's awesome. 
Uh, and you, so you stand up, you're there, you have the opportunity to thank those who have influenced your own e-commerce journey. And I'm curious to know, who do you thank and why? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think, so before my previous company, Cardhook, I hadn't worked in e-commerce before. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always come from like the bit, the software, the, soft, the SaaS side. Um, and so it was really through that experience of building Carthook. My business partner, Jordan, he himself was an e-commerce merchant and it sold his e-commerce business. And um, by working with all of those merchants and I guess we guess got really involved in their businesses, their dreams, like I learned so much through osmosis that it really like it, it's, it's cliche at this point, but mm. um, I really became close to uh, and invested in their success. Mm-hmm. And so like everything I've learned has been um, by just talking with merchants and trying to help them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so between cart hook and rodeo, I was a fractional CTO for subscription e-commerce brands. Um, and so, you know, I've, everything I know is, is, uh, is, is through those experiences of, of working inside and with brand owners. And I think, you know, so that obviously has had, I'm grateful for all of them and there's not necessarily mm. one individual one. I think, um, actually James Booth, who's the head of growth at Jot, I've learned so much from him. Um, and just the way he thinks about the, the consumer experience, I think that informed a lot around even how we thought about on demand and, um, you know, just like the feedback that we've gotten, um, from, from people like him. Mm. Um, trying to think like, and the, the event I'm at right now, shop talk, like I learned so much just by listening to other people's conversations, whether it's other brands or, or, um, or vendors. It's like when they, when, when you talk to someone who's an expert in their space, like they'll, they'll go beyond like the superficial things that um, are sort of, we'll call it like common, common knowledge. And you start getting really surprised, like, holy crap. Like, you know, like I have one friend who does like, he has a company that, that does like uh, post-purchase surveys and the amount of data they get around and, and like what they've been able to do around predictive analysis around like being able to attribute where a shopper came from and what's that mean and how does it tie back to where you should do marketing? It goes way beyond anything I ever would have imagined. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, but I'm going to continue to think on that. I appreciate the question. I, I oh. no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting question, isn't it? Because, uh, uh yeah. you find out a lot about people. I think when you ask them questions like that, that's really, that's really cool. That's awesome. So, uh, James Booth from Jot, uh, a, a, a million. Yeah, yeah. He's no longer at Jot, but yeah, yeah. 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 And a million uh, subscribers to Carthook. <laughs> Or have many was some subscribers, merchants. Um, listen, uh, Ben, how do people reach you? How do they connect with you if they want to find out more about you, about um, what you guys are doing at Rodeo? If they want some help with their subscription, sure. your software works with Shopify sites, right? You've got a, a Shopify, Shopify system, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, how do people reach um, you? How do you, they connect? So first one is our you can go to our website, hey dot rodeo, h e y, not hey like a horse, um, period rodeo. <laughs> Um, I'm also, I'm active on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter. My username is skinny and bald because I'm kind of skinny, <laughs> kind of bald, <laughs> certainly more balder today, balder these days. Um, That's so brilliant. I'm just my Edmondson on Twitter. I couldn't think of anything that creative, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we, uh, we have our podcast around subscriptions, subscription radio. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. that. Yeah. So, um, when we started rodeo, we also, my partner and I just were really interested in talking about the things we've been learning in, in yeah. subscriptions and specifically interviewing merchants. So similar to what you just did with me, uh, I enjoy doing the reverse, which is talking to merchants who've had um, a lot of success and understand like what's working for them now. Like mm-hmm. what are some of the things that they've learned that um, the, the goal is to find things that are not just common knowledge, like what are, not the things that everyone's tweeting about. It's the, what mm-hmm. are the strategies and, and tactics that people aren't talking about? Um, and, but specifically have and have not worked, um, mm-hmm. for your business. And how did you break through that, that growth plateau, um, or capitalize on a strategy that worked? So 
that's what I do. I interview operators and marketers uh, on the brand side predominantly. Fantastic. And it's subscription radio, right? Is that that's the name of the podcast? Yep. Yep. Subscriptionradio.com. Fantastic. So if you are doing subscriptions, then check out subscriptionradio.com for more information about Ben's podcast. We will, of course, link to him, uh, his LinkedIn profile and his skinny and bold Twitter uh, profile uh, in the show notes, <laughs> as well as the website hey.radio, which I was saying, Ben, before we hit the record button, is still one of the coolest URLs we've had on the show. Um, uh, hey dot rodeo uh, you can check out uh, radio what's going on especially if you're in the subscription space uh, and on Shopify I assume you have to be both Ben for for radio to work um, for yes. you but yeah. Um, yeah if you're on Shopify in the subscription based space check out uh, hey dot rodeo and get in touch with Ben I'm sure he would love to hear from you Ben listen thank you so much for joining us man been an absolute pleasure a pressure <laughs> pleasure uh <laughs> and a pleasure as well I, I don't know uh but thanks for joining us man on the e-commerce podcast it's been awesome to meet you and um thanks for sharing a ton load of value with us oh likewise i really appreciate it thank you so much no problem well there you have it what a great conversation huge thanks again to ben for joining me today also a big shout out to today's show sponsor the e-commerce cohort remember to check out their free training online at ecommercecycles.com Com. Also, be sure to follow the e-commerce podcast wherever you get your podcast from because we've got yet more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. Now, before I wrap up today's episode, let me take a moment to invite you, dear listener, or maybe someone you know, to be part of the podcast. If you're an e-commerce entrepreneur uh, or an expert in anything to do with e-commerce and would like to share your insights with our audience, we would love to hear from you. Or like I say, maybe you know someone who would make a great guest. Just head over to our website, ecommercepodcast.net, follow the links, and get in touch. We're always looking for uh, fresh perspectives and new ideas, so don't be shy. Whether you're just starting out or have years of experience under your belt, we'd love to hear from you. So yeah, do get in touch, ecommercepodcast.net. And in case no one has told you yet today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Ben has to bear it. I have to bear it. You've got to bear it too. Now, the e-commerce podcast is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team, the awesome, amazing, fantastic team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bain and Estella Robin and Tanya Hutzelak. Our theme song was written by Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to the website ecommercepodcast.net. I like to say, sign up for the newsletter while you're there. Now, that's it from me. That's it from Ben. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.